8, the Gospel of John, chapter number 8. And I'm going to read one verse there. I'm going to read verse number 12. And, and then I want you to jump over to Matthew, chapter number 4. John, chapter 8, verse number 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Go over to Matthew chapter number four. I'll start reading for continuity's sake in verse number 13. Matthew's gospel chapter four, verse 13. you are the salt of the earth but if that salt loses its flavor how should it be seasoned it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Will you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this hour. God, we thank you, Lord, that at this very second, Lord, that you are touching lives, that you are saving people, that you're bringing light in very, very dark places. Father, we thank you that you have given us of your word that instructs us and teaches us on how to live, how we are to conduct ourselves in a way that will honor and glorify you. God, we thank you, Lord, that through us, the church, that many people will see a great light and their lives will be transformed because we are the bearers, we are the carriers, Lord, of this great gospel. So, God, as we gather here this morning, God, we want to learn God, we want to, we want to grow deeper. We want to get our roots down deeper so that, Lord, when the winds of this life comes, that, God, that we will remain trusting and seeking and waiting for and seeing the goodness of the Lord. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. As you know that a few weeks back at the beginning of the month, we began a brand new series entitled, I Am. And just by way of recap, we begin the series exploring one of the I Am statements that Jesus made. Jesus talked about that I am the bread of life. And so we explored that a few weeks ago, and Jesus showed us that only he is the real source of satisfaction. It's not about seeking things. It's about seeking him. He is the true bread of life. It's only through having 
a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ that we can find lasting and permanent fulfillment. And then subsequently, we explored another statement that Jesus made, and this one is somewhat controversial. And Jesus said, I am the door. So we explored that, and we realized that in that particular message, that Jesus is God's only solution to the sin problem. Although some are well-intentioned, how do we know that Jesus is the only way to God? And we had explained, and we really talked about this in some detail, because if the building is on fire and that is the only exit, all of us would want to go through that door. We wouldn't be having a whole lot of questions because we can see that that is the only way out. And, of course, Jesus is the only way out for all mankind. And so today we're going to conclude our series, and we're going to explore another one of Jesus's I am statements. As I begin this sermon, I want to reflect on a couple of things that is very, very obvious to all of us who are sitting here today, that our nation is engulfed in a certain kind of darkness. And I can go even beyond that and say the world. Again, it seems that some racism and some hate and police misconducts and rise and destructions, it seems to be the order of the day. Now, this seems like a perpetual thing because how many know that we've been here very, very recently before? And this is something that has not caught us by surprise. It is something that has sort of always plagued our nation and really always plagued mankind. And I've always said this, that until the heart of man is changed, there can be no real change. Only God could truly change hearts. And the reason why these things keep perpetuating themselves over and over and over again, because we're not dealing with the real issue. The real issue is a lack of knowledge of God. The real issue is a rejection of the message of Jesus Christ. And so until men come to recognize that the only way out, because how many know that men cannot fix themselves? There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Because man has somehow crafted into his mind that he can somehow tiptoe around God. It's like God is the elephant in the room. That somehow that, that we can tiptoe around God and somehow figure all this stuff out on our own. And here, let me tell you, it will never happen. Even when we have some, quote unquote, peace, it's only temporary because the change hasn't really happened yet down on the inside. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Think about your own life and think about some of the dispositions that you had before you came to Christ. And God radically changed you. But that change happened down on the inside. Sometimes I believe that we're beating the air, striking, swinging, but we keep missing because we're not dealing with the right target. When I say darkness, 
What am I talking about? Darkness is a darkness is a is a, is a very it's not always pleasant, particularly when we talk about it from the biblical sense. When people are walking in darkness, people get hurt. Lives and families get destroyed. Darkness brings in a feeling of hopelessness, peace, love, and all the things that we all want. It seems so, so far away. Because what darkness does is, if you know I'm talking about darkness, it, it, it leads us into a place where we just feel like we're trapped and we can't get out. How many know, if you know a little bit about God, God will allow men to stumble in darkness and lose their way so that they can come to the light. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It took your wandering in darkness. It took you in the situation that you were in when you were hunkered down in your own way of thinking, you were hunkered down in what you believe and what you were taught, and it wasn't until the light of the gospel came that you got free. It's a lot of people that won't get free until they bump their head. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some people have to hit their head on stuff. Some people have to fall down and burst their lips. Some people have to stumble because God uses that to open men's eyes. How many know that our nation and people across this world, they are stumbling? And God is allowing it. Because over and over again, it's like, it's like God stands over in the corner and God keeps saying, hey, here I am. I'm that light that you've been looking for. You, you know, you, you, you're feeling right now like, like, like you're hopeless. And you're feeling right now like, like there's no way out. Nobody can understand you. I mean, nobody understands my position. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in injustice. I'm not being treated right. Things like this is not right. And Jesus stands and saying, I'm that I'm that light. I'm, I'm it. And we somehow, we keep tiptoeing around because we want to somehow figure this out. It's like we push Jesus over in the corner and say, do me a favor, Christ, uh, stay right there. I'll get back to you when I really need you. But right now, let us figure this out. Us can't figure nothing out. Jesus, I believe I want y'all to hear my, if you listen, say amen. This is a deep conviction that I have. I believe that the darkness, I'm sorry, I believe that the gospel can fix everything. I believe in the power of the gospel. We had a, a very interesting Bible study the other day, and uh, we have been exploring how God pursues us. And we talked about Jonah, for those of you who, who know a little bit about Jonah, and how God told him, go preach to the Ninevites. And Jonah said, I ain't going to do it. I don't like the people. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't going to do it. And Jonah finally, when he had to realize, God had to let him stumble a little bit. And how I many know Jonah stumbled into the well's belly? <laughs> and he was in a very dark place. 
And Jonah didn't begin to see, and then he came back out, and he went and did what God said. And he said, Jonah, now, God, the word of the Lord came back a second time. Jonah said, go back and preach. And, you know, when Jonah went and preached to the Ninevites, we studied this. He didn't give a whole big paragraph. He didn't get a big old pulpit and talk for like 30 or 40 minutes. He, he, said, he said, the judgment of God is coming, repent. The Bible says that a whole nation of people got on their face in sackcloth and ashes and came to God. Just because a man stood and said, repent. How many know there's power in the gospel? And, and let me tell you something. What is going to get men free is when you point men to the gospel. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, I am the light. Jesus said that in a way to say that exclusively he is that light, that way to get men out of the darkness that has them enslaved. He said, I'm the light of the world. I'm your ticket out. I'm your hope. How does darkness deceive men? How many know that men today are blinded? And in some cases, men are blind because they want to be blind. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you would have seen, but because you say you can't see, you remain in darkness. How many know that men are blind because they haven't embraced the light? Everybody say, the light. See, men are in darkness. Hear this. Men are in darkness not because of racism. Not because of police brutality. Not because of poor opportunity. Not because of poverty. Men are in darkness because they have rejected the light. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 46, he says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide. Everybody say abide. Shall not abide in darkness. And the implication there is that Jesus already starts from a place that they're already in darkness. See, Jesus is, Jesus is saying that they're already there. That's why he says, whoever believes, receives, embraces me will not abide in the darkness. Which is also to say that if we don't abide or remain or come to the light, we will stay where we are. Though temporary, you might find some relief every now and then, but you will end up back in the same place until you come to the light. Oh, gosh, this is what gets me so excited. When God transformed my life, let me tell you, when he saved me, I don't know about you, but I really got saved. What do I mean by that? I'm not really got, I mean, I went all the way. Anybody in here went all the way in. I mean, I brought the whole thing. People say to me sometimes, Pastor, you, you forgot where you come from, you know, because for some of you who don't know, I happen to be a police officer at the end of my career, and I happen to be a pastor. 
have a very unique perspective in all of this. And depending on what side of the aisle I am, I'm on, people say, well, you, you don't forgot where you came from. I haven't forgotten where I come from. If you don't believe me, sit down. I'll talk to you. I'll tell you all about where I came from. I just changed my address. My address is not here. My address is heaven. So, so watch this. So all that I do, all that motivates me is the will of God and nothing else. For some people, they get offended at that. But when Jesus said, if any man will come after me, you must first deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. In other words, what you had before, dump it. This is a whole new way of life, a whole new way of thinking. Some of us want to hold on to our traditions above the principles, the word, and the life of Christ. And let me tell you something, it won't happen. You cannot have any success there. The whole world is under the influence of Satan. 1 John 5, 19 says this, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Think about it. The whole world, John says, is being influenced by the devil. How many know the 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse 14 says that Satan even, watch this, transformed himself into an angel of light. Oh, you can have peace right here. Oh, if you just change a couple of laws, if you can curb behavior, I mean, and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying those things are not good, but how many of you know that after you curb behavior, after you change laws, if you still haven't dealt with your soul, you, it, it will not matter in the end. What's most important is that men come to the light. The darkness also caused men to be unreasonable. You ever tried to talk to somebody who is like really in darkness. I mean, somebody that's really all the way in, and you try to have a reasonable conversation with them, and it seems like it makes perfect sense to you, but you're talking to them, and it's like they're, they're, they're making no sense. Anybody ever been there? You're like, 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 dude, like what? You know, you can be, and how many know that darkness will cause you to, to not make sense, to not be able to reason? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18 says this, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Get this into your spirit. In the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Watch this. This is Paul talking. It might sound offensive, but, but this is Paul. He said, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. Just don't walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk. How many know that when you have been transformed by the light, how many know that we're not supposed to act like we are still being influenced by the darkness? If you've been transformed by life, Paul's argument is don't walk like other Gentiles. Don't do that. Don't use the same old vain arguments that never leads to anything. You know better. You have been infected. You've been infused by the light. He says don't walk like the rest of the Gentiles, the rest of the unbelievers. In other words, don't do it like like you used to do it. I mean, those same old you now Know the truth. And how many know it's the truth that makes men free? 
the emptiness of their mind, vain thoughts with no clue. Their understanding is darkened. Everybody say darkened. Reason then goes out of the door. You ever try to talk to somebody that was heavily intoxicated, try to have a reasonable conversation with them? What do you normally do when somebody is really, you know, they're fried? What do you do? If you're sober, and you should be sober in Jesus' name, if you try to talk to someone that's fried, more than likely you're going to be like, dude, I ain't got time. You just need to go to sleep. You need, you need to come up out of this. How many know the reason goes out of the door? Watch this. And Paul says, because of the ignorance that is in them. What's that ignorance? No knowledge of God or a rejection of the light that God has brought to make men free. Now, I want you to stay with me for a second because this is important. Because men love, like I said earlier, sometimes men love darkness rather than light. Look at this. This is John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, 21, uh, verses 19 through 21. Listen to this. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. How many know that light is coming to the world? And men, look at this, love darkness rather than light, watch this, because their deeds were evil. Yeah, how many know that, 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 that sin graduates in the darkness? It matures in the darkness. Satan loves to work in the dark. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds shall be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been wrought or done in God. So there are some times that some folk, no matter how you talk to them, they don't want to hear. They don't, they don't want to be free. They don't want to come to the light. You can talk to your blue in your face. But, but listen to me. If you're talking to somebody and you're trying to reason with them, you're trying to have a conversation with them, and, they, and they're, all they're doing is trying to defend their wrong, then you need, to, you need to just redirect. Look at the neighbor and say, redirect. You know, look, if you're trying to talk, you're trying to, I mean, explain some sense and you're trying to talk to them, you're trying to preach, whatever the case might be, and they don't want to hear it, then you just need to redirect. I don't know about you, but I got to redirect anointing. I, I know when I need to redirect. Sometimes we just got to redirect. Why? Because there's no entry point to the light because they're not open to it. That's when you got to pray. That's when you say, God, you got to open their eyes because right now God is not working and that is not working. They're not hearing. Because how many know that in order to, to receive the light, you got to be open to the light? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? You got to be open to the light. So some of us, we need, we need to stop summoning our old self. You know, sometimes, sometimes we, we can act like we ain't saved. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But we need, to stop, we need to stop summoning our old self and getting into the same old Arguments that is not really going to change a situation and preach Christ. Jesus said this. He says, I'm the light of the world. Boy, I'm behind. He says, I'm the light of the world. I'm the exclusive source. I'm the light that gives freedom and restoration and vision. I'm it, Jesus is saying. Jesus gives light out 
of police brutality, out of riots, destruction, murder, hate, racism, poverty, pride, you name it. Jesus gives light out of all of it. And only Jesus and the preaching of Jesus will permanently remove men out of darkness. Now, let me say this to you. Because I am so, I'm telling you right now, I'm one of those persons, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm crazy enough to believe the book. Did anybody in here believe the book? I mean, I'm, I just, be, you know, I don't, listen, I don't come here and preach to you stuff that I don't believe. I don't come here and preach and say things because I'm trying to get you to give me a good amen. I'm not even interested in that. But I believe that there's power in the gospel. It's the gospel that's going to save people, not new rules, not new regulations. I'm not saying they're not, they don't have their place. Don't misunderstand me. But how many know the first thing's got to be first? We got to look at the soul of men and we got to, and how many know, and we got to let people know that Jesus is that way. We got to let people know that Jesus can do it, that he can fix us. Only he can do it. Believers are to reflect the light of the world. You know, even, you know, the moon don't have a light. The moon has to reflect light from the sun. S-O-N, S-U-N, I'm sorry. But how many know the Christians, we are to reflect the light of the S-O-N, the son of God. How many know we're that reflection? We're it. Jesus is the light of the world, but then we're to reflect that light. In other words, we're to be the example of that light. Jesus has, I want you to understand something that's so powerful. That Jesus has left you and me here to reflect the glorious light of the gospel. Jesus gave us clear marching orders. You, you know, when they came, you know, when Jesus came, what, one of the things they tried to do was they tried to, they tried to force him to be king. They wanted, they wanted Jesus to come in and overthrow the Roman government. Y'all remember all that? And, and, and Jesus, Jesus, no, no, this is not my time. Jesus knew exactly what he was supposed to do because he knew that people needed to understand what their real need was. Sins need to be atoned for. Let me tell you why there's police brutality in the streets. Let me tell you why that there is riot and murdering. Let me tell you why it is because of sin. Men's heart get changed. How many know if people's heart get right with God, people will change? It's really not rocket science. But what happens is we forget. And the Christians, if you're not careful, you'll, get, you'll, you'll, you'll adopt the same old mindset and you'll start, making, you'll start arguing and you're forgetting that, hey, it's about the gospel. It's about the gospel. Look at this. So believers ought to reflect the light. Now, how do we reflect the light? Are you still listening? Say amen. Number one, there's this, this two ways we've got to reflect the light. Number one, we've got to live it. Everybody say live it. Walk in the light. See, walk in the light is meaning that, that we live according to the principles of the kingdom of God, that we embrace the light and we live it. For you were, this is Ephesians 5, verse 8 through 11. For you were once darkness. I was. Everybody say, I was. If you're saved, you can say, I was a little bit better than that. If you're saved, say, I was. I was once darkness, right? Before you came to Christ, 
I want you to go back and think the way you were. I don't know about you, but I was walk, when I wasn't walking with God, I didn't have a clue. I was, uh, I was lost. And boy, when God saved me, I, I mean, he got happy about it. <laughs> you know, because now you can see, man, you've been stumbling. He said, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You are. Isn't that amazing? You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather expose them. So we have to live it. Jesus said also in Matthew chapter number Four, and we started with this particular passage. He says, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. That's what, that's what you are. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Let me ask you a question. Where is your light? Has it been put under a basket or is it displaying so that everybody can see? Where is your light? But put it on a lampstand and it gives life to all. It gives light to all who are in the house. Watch this, church. Verse 16 in Matthew chapter 4. And let your light so shine before men, get this, that they may see your good works. Here's the key. And glorify your Father who is in heaven. In other words, people need to see your good works, but somehow your good works need to tie back to Christ. People need to know and understand that the reason why you do what you do is because your life has been transformed by Christ. See, I want to glorify my father. Everything I do, I want to glorify God. Everything I do, I want to glorify him. So I, I, I need to live it. I need, I need to live it. Number two, I need, to compl- I need to proclaim. Everybody say proclaim it. How shall they hear? This is Romans 10, 15. How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. The gospel, the gospel, you know the word, the, the gospel, you know what the gospel is? Look it up. The gospel is really is a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what the, go home, look it up. That's what the gospel is. It's a revelation, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's about Jesus. It's for Jesus. It's through Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's a song that says, it's all about you. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's all about Jesus. So we got to proclaim it. Watch this. In the midst of your arguing with people, in the midst of your conversation, will you please make sure that they know where you come from? They need to know where your real address is. 1 Corinthians 2. Listen, listen to this. I want, y'all, y'all, y'all have your Bibles? I want you to turn there. Just turn there. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is, this is a wonderful, y'all cheating, aren't you? You got the screen, okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. One day we're going to have to shut that down. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. I want you to, I want, if you have your Bible, I want you to highlight this because this is so powerful. Because the Apostle Paul gives us some insight into the way he thinks. He says, and I, brethren, look at this. When I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech <laughs> or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. In other words, Paul said, when I came preaching to y'all, I wasn't trying to impress you with, with, with great big words. So I, I wasn't trying, to, I wasn't trying to, to get you to go, ooh, wow, bastard can preach. Oh, but that was a good one. That's deep. Paul said, I wasn't interested in none of that. He says, look at verse 2. He said, for I determined not to know 
anything among you, listen to this, except Jesus Christ and him what? Crucified. Oh, good God. Paul said, I, listen, he said, I didn't come to you trying to impress you. I didn't come to you with human reasoning. All I know is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the light of the world, and that I know will get you free because it made me free. Nothing else. This is what Paul said. He said, listen to this. He said, I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. Can you believe Paul was standing in front of people scared? But he said, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Some of you have been just using that human wisdom. No, Paul said, but in demonstration of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but the power of God. Men will come to the light when they get exposed to the power of God. Paul, when Paul preached, how did Paul do it? When Paul stood before them, he just preached God. He preached Christ. And as long as he was preaching Christ, he was in the power. He was demonstrating right then and right there. Some of us, man, we, we, come, we, we come preaching everything. And sometimes people don't even, people know, listen, people know where we stand and where we come from physically. And they know all the hits before they even know that you're a Christian. I say the first thing that people need to know that when you open your mouth, you come from a place of kingdom life. You come from a place of Jesus Christ. You come from a place whereby you've been influenced by Jesus. Because let me tell you something right now, alert. Nothing else is going to make men free until they come to the light. Are y'all hearing this? The Bible has already told you. It's already told you. You already know it. So preach the light. So yet, if you want to help, if you want to protest, whatever you want to do, do it. Preach the light. Because that's what's going to get men free. Now, in closing, how do we engage recent tragedy and events? So I'm, I'm, I'm praying about this message because like many of you, I'm always, I look at these situations, the first thing I say is, God, okay, what am I supposed to do? That's what I'm thinking. Thinking, God, what am I, God, what am I supposed to do? See, I, I pray this for myself. I'm not praying this because I need a word to give to you. I'm, I'm, this is me talking to God. God, what, what is my responsibility in all of this? Because how many know the Christians aren't supposed to be confused? No, no, no. You're not supposed to be sitting there thinking, oh, what do I do? What, oh, God, oh, God, what's happened? Oh, look at happening. Oh, what are we going to do? There's no hope. Oh, shut up. If you are the light, you are the light. Get that revelation. You are the light. You are the hope. Paul put it this way, you have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's down on the inside of you, waiting to be delivered, waiting to be let go. But we hold it, and we get into the same trap that everybody else get into. 
But, but if you're walking in the light, God will show you what you're supposed to do. You, you ain't, you, listen, when all this stuff started happening, I, did, I never sit there one minute and say, oh, my God. Oh, what, what, what? I just say, Lord, exactly what you want me to do right now, where you want me to go, who you want me to talk to. Because how many know God is going to extrapolate a remnant out of this mess? God is going to call. A, there's a people that God has already called from the foundation of the earth that belong to him. I'm going after them. I don't know who they are. I don't even know their names. But I know that I'm here on an assignment from God. I understand that. Every one of us. And I know that my preaching, and I know that, because I don't make, I'm not all that great in, well, no, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm getting all that argument stuff. I'm, I'm just about the gospel, brother, because at the end of the day, you still got to come back here. They got to come back here. Or why do we meet every Sunday? Why we do it? If we ain't going to preach it, Live it. Why are you here? Go live, party, go argue, go fuss, go fight, go throw rocks and whatever you do that. But if you say you're the light, act like you're in the light, walk in the light, preach the light. Now, two things God gave me as I was praying about this. Two things. He says, you want to write these down? I said, Lord, what, 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 what do you want me to do? He says, two things. He said, I want you to, number one, I want you to apply the gospel or engage with the gospel. Then number two, he said this, stay on message. Apply the gospel, stay on message. Now watch. How many know, you've heard me say this before, that we must be gospel-centric. That means that we always come from a place where we're always trying to prayerfully look for a way to share the gospel. That's why we live. That's why we're here. We, we are not, is anybody here confused and shocked about the, about the darkness that is in our country, in our world? Is anybody here shocked? The Bible already told you that's going to happen. He said it's going to get worse. Right? Ain't got nothing to do with your race. Ain't got nothing to do with where you come from. He's already told you. <laughs> He's made it clear. Nobody's shocked. He says, we must, we must engage with the gospel. In other words, not with our emotions, not with fear, not with ungodly, worldly anger. It's the gospel that saves. Paul said it this way, you are dead and your life is hidden with God. You are dead. That old man, keep him in the ground. Don't let him back up. Kill him every day of your life. The gospel message, it trumps my race, my experience, and my personal proclivities. So that's the plot of gospel. Number two, stay on message. In other words, come on out, brother. In other words, don't revert back to your old ways of handling these social problems. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't summon your old ghetto self. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Now, your new creation in Christ Jesus. Summon that new man that had been changed. Don't revert back. Stay on message. Don't allow the enemies to lure you back into hate and anger. How many know that God delivered you from hate? How many know that you ain't supposed to hate nobody? I'm going to clap myself. How many know you're supposed to love everybody? Everybody. 
So don't let, don't listen, don't let the devil dupe you. Don't go back into your old worldly tactics, but stay purposely spiritual. Stay. Preach repentance to all parties. How many know the police need to repent? The community need to repent. The government need to repent. Unless you repent, you will all likewise, likewise, likewise. The blind leads the blind. They all fall into the ditch. You will likewise perish. Right? So preach repentance. Be a Jonah. God is coming. Repent. There's a way out of this. This is the light. Let me show you. And when they ignore you, you just keep walking in the light. You just keep going. Don't let what people do say to you about you deter you from staying on message. God saved you. God, God is giving you the light. You're in the light. Walk in that light and stay there. Don't get sucked back into the darkness. Don't get sucked back into an emptiness and a futility of mind that is deprived of the knowledge of God. Don't you do that. You've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. You've been changed. You're a new creation in Jesus. You have the answer. You are above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. You are blessed. You are highly favored. You are saved, set free. You are delivered. You belong to God. Your address has shifted. It's not on this earth, it's in heaven. This is a spiritual battle. It's not an emotional one. It's a spiritual battle. You can't fight spiritual battles in the flesh. Don't work. It's spirit. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And you know what? They are black, they are white, they are Chinese, they are all kinds of different races, but, that's, but the issue is, is what's behind the flesh. Paul said it this way, henceforth I know no man after the flesh. In other words, it's about the soul of men. The war is about the souls of men. And if you can see people that way, if you can walk in that light, if you can preach that light, and if you can share that, if you can stay on message, engage with the gospel, engage, I beg you, get involved. You're the salt of the earth. Get involved, please. But engage with the gospel. And stay on message. I believe if we do that, we will reap a harvest and God will be glorified. You're that light. And when are waiting on you. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.